Thanks for listening to the Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center podcast. For more information about the church and our ministries, go to bluffcityawc.com. And you can follow us on Facebook by liking our Facebook page, Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center, and find us on Instagram with our Instagram handle, bluffcityawc. Praise the Lord. I hope you are doing well this Pentecost Sunday. And I want to thank you sincerely for listening today. I recognize that your time is extremely valuable. And so for you to choose to tune in today is something I do not take lightly. As I mentioned a moment ago, today is Pentecost Sunday. What is Pentecost Sunday, you might ask? That word Pentecost means 50. And Pentecost is 50 days after Easter. 50 days after the day that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And Pentecost was, in the Jewish religion, a feast day. But for the disciples of Jesus Christ that gathered in Jerusalem, it was about to become something much more. Before he ascended into heaven, Jesus had instructed the disciples to stay at Jerusalem until he sent his Spirit. So they gathered in a second-story room, and they prayed, and they waited. And for ten days they prayed and waited. And on the tenth day which was the day of Pentecost, something happened that had never happened before. God's Spirit was given to all who were in attendance. I'd like to turn our attention on this Pentecost Sunday morning to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed, and they marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? I want to talk for a few minutes on this Sunday morning about the people of Pentecost. Of all the things God created, He is most interested in people. Human beings created in the image of God. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 tells us that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, lost people. And from the first day of the church's existence, it has been a mission of the church to reach people from all parts of the world, all different kinds of people, different customs, different languages, different cultures, different appearances. There were many people present on that first day, the one we just read about in Acts chapter 2. People were added to the church on day one who were practicing the Jewish religion but were members of various culture groups. 
On that day, we see that there were those in attendance from Babylon, Egypt, Arabia, Italy, parts of the Mediterranean, Turkey, and even locals from Judea and Jerusalem. There is no such thing as a cookie-cutter Pentecostal. Your family doesn't disqualify you. Your ethnicity does not disqualify you. Your bank statement or your education level do not disqualify you from having the experience of Pentecost. Pentecost is about an ingathering of people from all walks of life and the administration of a message of New Testament salvation that God's grace alone is enough to save us, that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ alone is enough to deal with sin once and for all. And the application of that message that calls every person to a new birth experience that calls every person to repent of their sins, to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and then leaves them with the promise of receiving the Holy Spirit of God, evidenced by speaking in a language not your own. One of the things the church must do in delivering this message to the world is to have a vision for people that is aligned with God's vision for people. If we view people through the lens the world gives us, we will find ourselves discriminating the gospel and we will be handicapping our ability for apostolic ministry. Realize this today, that there were those in the crowd at Pentecost in Acts 2 who were among those who had called for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. These were not perfect people. They had blood on their hands. Peter even addressed it in his message that day. In Acts chapter 2, verse 23, Jesus Christ being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death. Simon Peter was not ignoring the wrong that had been committed, but he was recognizing the sin and the brokenness of the world to which he was preaching and stepping out in faith into the middle of the aftermath, into the place where the path of sin had led the people. He'd already made up his mind. He said, I'm not going to go with you to that place. I'm not going to be party to the sin and to the disobedience. But he stepped out into the middle of the aftermath of that disobedience. And on that day of Pentecost, that is what distinguished him from the crowd because he had had an experience and he possessed a message that was unlike the talking points that they had been hearing. It was a message that originated in the spirit and not in the flesh. It originated in the throne room of heaven and not in the newsroom. It was a narrative crafted by God and not manufactured by man. It was not man's best attempt at making sense of things and looking at the wrong in the world and trying to figure out what is going on, but it was God's answer to the oppression of the cruel taskmaster of sin. We have a day like that available to us in our world right now, church. Our nation is in a state of turmoil this week. God help us if we spend our time nitpicking the news and not enough time in prayer and opening our mouth to share the answer that God has entrusted the church to share into the world. The church must keep the perspective of heaven intact. We have to view things through the lens of the Spirit one of the enemy's most successful ways of distracting the church is allowing the church from time to time to catch a glimpse of the evil and injustice in the world and then by drawing the church in. 
and drawing the church into the voices of the world and allowing the voices of the world to interpret the wrong that is going on. That is not to say that the church should be deaf to those voices of those that are suffering injustice, but the church must remain tuned in to the voice of the Spirit above all else. If you're feeling fatigued by what's occurring in the news cycles these past couple of weeks, let me offer two things for your consideration today. We have a presidential election coming up in November, and if you think the news is going to calm down, if you think what's going on in the world is going to be any less disturbing or any less sensationalized, then you've got another thing coming. Church, we need to decide right now that we're not going to allow those things that we're seeing happening in the world around us to drive us to a place of despair. It needs to uh, make the church and press the church into a place of prayer. If you keep a journal or you write in your Bible, this Pentecost Sunday would be a good day to write down a declaration of your own self and say, I am going to be undistracted in my devotion to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to be undistracted in my mission to love people and share the gospel and love God with them. We must be about our Father's business. I want to take our attention back to the text, and I want us to know that we have to see Pentecost as a reversal of what happened in Genesis chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel. As saints of God trying to understand the world around us, we need to see a line traced from what happened in Genesis chapter 11 to what happened in Acts chapter 2. Genesis chapter 11 verse 1 tells us the whole earth had one language and the same words. To some that might seem like a utopia. It might seem like a perfect environment. And indeed, it has the ability to be good. But the evil present in the heart of man and the disobedient spirit present in humanity caused that perfect scenario to go off track. Verse 4 tells us that these people that had one language and the same words, they had a common culture. There was nothing that divided them. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. This is a problem because it is a direct disobedience of what God had commanded the human race to do. God had commanded humanity to go and to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue the whole earth, and to establish God's dominion. And instead, the people that were united and had no division among them aimed to do the opposite. They aimed to gather together, to not spread over the face of the whole earth, and to make a name for themselves. So by confusing the languages of the people, God scattered them in judgment. But in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, we see that God sends his spirit into our lives to empower us to multiply, to fill the earth with his glory, and to unify us with a common experience of receiving the spirit and finding him in a new language. Acts chapter 2 uses a few words to describe the feeling of the crowd that gathered that day of Pentecost. It says that they were confounded, that they were perplexed, that they marveled, and that they were amazed. Why was it that they had that response? It's because this is the miracle of Pentecost. Pentecost pulls us back toward the purpose and the plan of God. After our failures, after our rebellion, after the wickedness and the evil and the injustice, 
It pulls us back into the arms of God, into the purpose and the plan of God. Pentecost brings us back together after we've sinned, after we've fractured the image of God. It brings all people together. Pentecost crosses and intersects ethnic struggles and family divisions and economic backgrounds. They looked around that day and the differences of between people were obvious. But here in front of us in Acts chapter 2, there is a group that is tapped into something. It's something that's transcending all of our differences. It is beyond finger pointing. It is beyond misunderstandings. But it is a solemn move of God's Spirit. And that is what is making the difference. God's Spirit still makes the difference. And if you want to make a difference in your world today, it's not going to happen on cable news and it's not going to take place on social media. But what distinguishes the church is the recognition that real change originates in prayer. The people of Pentecost reached the understanding that significant, lasting change takes place in the place of prayer. Your interpretation of what is happening in the world today comes down to your answer to this question. What is man's greatest need? It's not about needing more education or needing additional litigation or even needing more surveillance of what's going on in the world today, but man's greatest problem is sin and rebellion against the ways of God. And the answer is repentance and the introduction of God's Spirit into one's life. That's not something we just say on Sunday, but church, we have to believe it. It needs to be our first thought whenever we talk to someone. It needs to be our first thought whenever we receive news of what's going on in our world. It needs to be our first thought whenever we choose our reactions and our responses to what life deals to us. The answer is still repentance. The answer is still water baptism in the name of Jesus. The answer is still the baptism of God's Spirit. Pentecost and the outpouring of the Spirit of God is the beginning of the church. And the Spirit is central to everything we are as the church. Everything we do as the church revolves around the activity of God's Spirit in our lives. We must be Spirit-filled. We must be Spirit-led. And we cannot let go of or grow out of our emphasis on the Spirit of God. Because that same experience of receiving the Spirit is what is going to remain intact and it is what is going to make the difference when Jesus returns for his church and there is a great resurrection from the dead. In closing, I want to share two scriptures with you on this Pentecost Sunday. And I pray that you are blessed and that the word of Christ dwell in you richly and that we teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, that we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. The first scripture I want to share with you in closing today is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14. It says this, that the Holy Spirit, that spirit which was poured out on the day of Pentecost, and that spirit which is available for every one of us to be filled with and to be led by today. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The second scripture I want to share in closing this morning is Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It tells us this truth. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit 
who dwells in you. As the church looks back in time on that Pentecost Sunday that's recorded in Acts chapter 2, let us also be looking at the present and dreaming with our eyes open and considering how we might be the church of the living God and disciples of Jesus Christ and how we might shine a light into the lives of those around us.